Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, where I learn how to be an overcomer. The Lord has brought us through so many things answered so many prayers, met so many needs over and over again. And yet, every time something comes up uh, again, the enemy will jump up and say, not this time. Ain't going to happen this time. He might have healed you, you know, 500 times, but he'll say, not this time, not this time. He might have got your needs met, financial material, 1,000 times, but next time you need something, the enemy will say, oh, it ain't going to work this time. ain't going to work this time. And yet, has the Lord changed? Has he changed? Has his word changed? Never, never. Don't begin to entertain that again. The Lord said, I am the Lord. I am the Lord your God. I change not. And whatever he did yesterday, he'll do today. Whatever he did for Moses and Abraham and Elijah, he'll do for you. He's no respecter of persons and he never, ever changes. Father, we pray, approaching you today, Believing that, that you are the good God, you are the faithful God that never changes, and you're no respecter of persons, and that you are rich in mercy to all that call on you, and you are the faithful God that keeps covenant and mercy to a thousand generations. We thank you for it. We ask for the direction and guidance today and answers for now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look again, please, in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, 1 Corinthians 10. We've been continuing in our study of overcoming unbelief. In 1 Corinthians 10, 1, he says, I wouldn't have you ignorant about basically what happened to Moses and the Israelites that came out of Egyptian bondage. Verse 5, he said, many of them, with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. And that was not God's will. That was not God's plan. You'll hear people either outright say or imply that everything that happens is somehow the will of God. And everything that doesn't happen is somehow the will of God. And that is not what the Bible uh, reveals. That is not accurate. It was His will and plan. For them to come out of Egypt, go straight through the wilderness, learn some faith lessons and, and what have you, but go straight through and live in Canaan's land in their own properties. He said, houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, orchards and vineyards you didn't plant. It's just a dream of a life. And yet, none of them in that first generation experienced that. None except... Joshua and Caleb. Hallelujah. And they did enjoy, they did experience it. 
But it was, we, we saw from Hebrews 3, we looked at that, you know, week after week. It was because of their unbelief, not because of anything else. And so that's what he's saying here. Verse 6, these things were our examples to the intent we should not, and he mentioned several things, lusting, being an idolater, committing fornication, tempting Christ, in verse 10, including murmuring. He said, don't murmur like some of them murmured, and they were destroyed of the destroyer. So is it possible for us to do the same things they did? It must be, or he wouldn't be talking to us about it, right? He wouldn't be warning us about it. He wouldn't be cautioning us. And you can be sure if the Lord says, take heed, watch out about this. Is he saying that for no reason? No, it's, you, we better pay attention. And so that he goes on to say in verse 10, don't murmur like some of them murmured. and They were destroyed of the destroyer. And now all these things happen to them for in samples or types. They're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And there's no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Somebody say God is faithful. God, God is faithful. Is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Said out loud, there is always, there is always a, way out, a way out, a way to victory, a way to victory for, the child of God. for the child of God. Always. God won't allow. That's what he's saying. He won't allow. He won't permit a situation that you can't come out victoriously. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you're dealing with it, if there's something in your life that's a problem, you already know this, I can win. Amen. Right? Amen. I can beat this. I can overcome. Just the fact that it's here proves I can beat it. Amen. <laughs> Numbers 16, if you go back there. We've gone through then, since these things are examples and types for us. We've gone through one by one. Ten of these, actually eleven of these now, uh, starting at the Red Sea crossing, all the way up to Kadesh Barnea was number ten. Challenges they had where they could have, should have trusted God, listened to Him, believed Him, obeyed Him, and they did not. And it's um, it's not a it's not an edifying story in that sense. Now, everything God said and did is edifying, but to see them just keep missing it over and over again, uh, you know, sometimes people say, why don't I want to read that? Because there are things in here that can keep you from doing it, but you got to see what happened to them and why it happened and how it happened, elsewise you could be doing the same thing, you wouldn't even realize it. So... Uh, we're up to now number 11, and it was Korah's rebellion. And they, uh, unbelief is rebellious. And so, and it's disrespectful and unthankful. And so they, they came against Moses and Aaron, and in doing so, they actually were against God. And he took it personally. And nobody repented, so there was no mercy, and there was just judgment, and the ground opened up. 
and they, Korah and Dathan and Abiram and all them went down alive into the pit and it closed up and then fire blasted out and the 250 princes that were waving the incense carriers that they should not have been doing, presumptuous and disrespectful, and they were incinerated. And the very next day, verse 41, on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. Now, this is not the first time they have seen God move and work in his power. This is not the first time they've been spared or saved or fed or healed. You wind back to their deliverance out of Egypt. It hadn't been that long ago. And all the signs and wonders and the miracles, and they have learned nothing. Nothing. They still, their favorite slogan is, we're all going to die. And they're still murmuring. Now this word murmur, we don't use it as much in a modern vernacular. We use the word uh, complain. But that's, that only tells part of what this is. This word murmur, uh, it's an interesting word. If you look it up, it means to remain permanently. You might as well, what's that got to do with complaining? Everything. If you complain, in the problem you remain. Do you hear that? If you murmur, because murmuring involves talking about how bad it is, emphasizing the problem. It also involves blaming. Blaming somebody else. Notice what it says. They, they're murmuring against somebody too, right? Not just complaining about how bad it is. What are they doing? Murmuring against Moses and Aaron, which means they're blaming them. And see, that's just what happened the day before. The two days prior, when Korah and his bunch came against Moses and Aaron and said, who do you think you are? And they're blaming them. And actually, Dathan and Abiram said, you haven't taken us into this promised land and you haven't done these things and you're going to make yourself a prince over us. Well, it was all their fault. It wasn't Moses' fault. They didn't listen to Moses. They didn't listen to God. Can you see why 1 Corinthians in the New Testament says, don't murmur? like they murmured, and they got destroyed of the destroyer. Do you know you will be tempted to murmur? Huh? Talking about you. You. Me. Huh? Oh, yeah. All you got to do to murmur is wake up in the morning. (laughs) Is that right? And talk about how you feel. Or talk about What's wrong in the world? Or what somebody did wrong? Or what somebody didn't do? Or what they did against you? Ah, oh, grumble, grumble. <laughs> I didn't get my nap out. I didn't get enough sleep. Grumble, grumble. Grumble, grumble. And oh, would you look at the time? I'm running late again. Grumble, grumble. 
and you stumble in and look in the mirror. Oh, grumble, grumble. And <laughs> grumble, grumble. And my thing I was planning on wearing, it's not clean. Grumble, grumble. This is a lifestyle. So then you grumble about breakfast or the lack of it. Then you grumble about traffic. Huh? Then you grumble. Is there something you can grumble about all the time? Night and day. But if you're grumbling, are you in unbelief? See, this is, this is the thing that makes it so bad. If I believe God has heard my prayers and he's a wonderful God and a good plan, and even if I'm dealing with some issues, he's got the answer on the way and he's got help for me and it's working out, what's there to grumble about? Huh? If I believe Good things are happening for me, and I'm progressing. What is there to grumble about? Uh-uh, uh-uh. There should be giving of thanks, right? If I'm in faith, I'll be praising God. I'll be giving thanks. If I'm grumbling, I'm complaining, I'm murmuring, I'm not in faith. I'm not in faith. And I'm not magnifying God. I'm not magnifying His ability and His faithfulness. I'm magnifying the enemy. I'm magnifying the problem. I'm magnifying weakness and lack. Because what would you be grumbling about? What you don't have. What you don't know. What you can't do. What others didn't do. Can you see it's a slippery slope? Huh? That most of the world is flowing in. People don't even notice it when you gripe. Huh? This like, you know, boy, time is sure hard, ain't it? Yeah, they are. Huh? You want to get quick and complete agreement? Grumble. Complain. People go, boy, the country's in a mess, ain't it? You got that right. And that helped how? That did anything for any... Uh-uh. Mm-mm. We're different. Amen. I said we're different. Yes. We're different people. We're different spirits. Just like the Bible said, Caleb had a different spirit. Amen. Is that right? Yes. The reason he and Joshua were two out of two million, which made them one in a million. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. <laughs> You know, you can't control everybody, and there's going to be a lot of people that don't believe what we're talking about now. They're never going to change, just like them. Is that right? Two million of them, no matter what they saw, how many times God moved, how gracious and faithful God was, how merciful He was, it wouldn't have mattered. They would not change. They were stuck in this negative, unbelieving, griping, blaming. Why? Because you don't have to use any spiritual energy. You can be absolutely listless, spiritually lazy, and just gripe. You don't have to take any responsibility. You just blame everybody else. Can you see why this is called evil? Huh? Say it out loud. I refuse to be like that. But see, it takes strength to be like Caleb 
and to be like Joshua, you have to overcome your own flesh tendencies. You have to overcome your own temptations to gripe and blame. You got because you'll be tempted. Just living down here, you'll be tempted to gripe and bellyache and murmur and complain and blame. And you may catch yourself starting to do it. But when you do, you go, mm, 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 stop it. Stop it. God has done too much for you, boy. Amen. Is that right? Yes. For you to talk like this. And so instead of that, what does faith do? Faith gives thanks. Faith praises God. Hallelujah. And rejoices in God and gives thanks. But here they are murmuring again. And uh, you'll see that we, we talked about this in the last episode about what happened with the, uh, when Aaron made atonement in the high priest. And there's a beautiful, beautiful things there. But we're, we're starting now the 12th event here in chapter 17, which we'll call Aaron's rod. Uh, Korah's rebellion was the 11th event. The 12th event here. Chapter 17, the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, speak to the children of Israel and take of every one of them a rod according to the house of their fathers of all their princes, according to the house of their fathers, 12 rods, write you every man's name on his rod and you shall write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi for one rod shall be for the head of the house of their fathers and you shall lay them up in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. And it will come to pass that the man's rod whom I shall choose shall blossom. And I will make to cease from me the murmurings of the children of Israel whereby they murmur against you. The, the murmurings particularly irritated God. The scripture says the people murmured and it displeased the Lord. And he, he even said it. We'll go through some of the scriptures, I think, uh, more later. But um, when they murmured, he said, I hear their murmurings, which they murmur against me. And now this is the 12th incident of these kind of things. He said, I want to put a stop to this murmuring. If God doesn't like murmuring, how about you and me? Should we be against it? Yes. Somebody say, I'm against it. <laughs> against what? Murmuring. What is murmuring? It's, it's complaining about things and it's blaming. It's both of those things and more. Complaining and blaming. And it's evil. It's not innocent. It's not okay. It's a habit that most people are in. It's in their engraved about it, but you can change. You can be delivered. And what you do, you just have any, anything that you've done for years and years, it's easy to slip back into, but if every time you catch yourself doing it, you stop and you correct it, it won't be long until you do it no more. You've changed. And not to just imagine that, well, okay, it'll never happen again. No, you'll have to catch yourself. You'll have to, uh, and you know, people don't like somebody else telling them. You know, have you ever heard somebody say, uh, you know, all oh, quit complaining? What's usually their response? I, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> and to hear people tell it, 
Nobody does. It's like, why are we even talking about it? <laughs> but uh, it takes humility and honesty if somebody says, you know, why are you complaining about that? And you, and you stop and go, I shouldn't be. Forgive me. Is that right? Uh-uh. Lord, forgive me for that. Stop. Why? Because it's not going to help. It's going to hurt. What, what does that Hebrew word murmur mean? To remain. To stay in it. Now, you get no clearer picture than this. They kept saying, we're all going to die in the desert. Huh? And so where did they stay? In the desert and in death. They never got out of it. For 40 years, they never got out of it. Why? They wouldn't quit complaining about it. They wouldn't quit murmuring. They wouldn't quit complaining. They wouldn't quit blaming. And so they couldn't get out of it. If you won't stop griping about it, you will stay in it. Hmm? If you won't quit crying about it, you will stay in it. Go to uh, Samuel, if you would. First Samuel. Interesting thing about how Samuel was born, his mother, Hannah, was unable to conceive, 1 Samuel 1, chapter 1. And uh, the scripture said that because of her being unable to conceive, she cried a lot and was sad. And uh, verse 7 talks about Hannah weeping, and verse 8, chapter 1, verse 8, Elkanah, her husband, said, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why won't you eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? He said, you got me. <laughs> and she went, <laughs> and cried some more. So Hannah rose up after she had eaten in Shiloh. In verse 10, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept sore. Somebody says she cried a lot. She cried a lot. She cried a lot. But she made a vow, and she said, Lord, if you'll give me a man-child. But she, uh, she kept on in her, her sadness. Eli, the priest, saw her praying, and he said, uh, he thought she was drunk because of how she was acting. And, and she said, verse 15, I'm, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. Is that how faith is? Of a sorrowful spirit? No. I'm not drunk, but I poured out uh, my soul before the Lord, you could use the word complaint here too. Poured out her complaint before the Lord. Actually, the psalmist said that when I, when I complained, my soul was overwhelmed. If you want to get helpless and overwhelmed, just gripe all the time. It'll get you there. And uh, Eli said in verse 17, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, let your handmaid find grace in your sight. So the woman went away and did eat. And what happened to her? What happened to her? Her countenance was no more sad. Next thing you know, she conceived. Uh, next thing you know, she carried the baby safely and healthily to full term. And Samuel was born. Now here's something you need to ask yourself. 
when she stopped being sad, it stopped being bad. So am I sad because it's still bad? Or is it still bad because I'm still sad? Come on, is anybody awake in here? Huh? Because was there a turnaround here? When did the breakthrough come? Huh? So apparently for years, she's been in depression. Can't conceive. This is the desire of her life. Why can't I have a baby? Why can't I have a baby? Other people having babies around her. She's so upset. She's distressed, crying, crying. And finally her husband saying, baby, why do you cry so much? You know, you got me. And, and she just cries more. And she's crying in church. And she's crying at home and just sad all the time. That gets irritating to be around. Y'all are too quiet. People say, well, you can't help it. Yeah, you can. You do not have to do this. Nobody has to do this. The reason people do this is because of faithlessness. No faith. And that's a choice. Now some people have done it ignorantly and there's mercy for that. But especially when God's done things for you before, you've got no excuse for acting like this. But notice when the breakthrough came. When the, when the, the, the priest saw her and she said, no, I'm, I've been sorrowful heart. And, and he said, the Lord grant you your petition. And she decided that meant God's heard my prayer. Come on, can you see that? God's heard my prayer. And so now, if you believe God's heard your prayer and granted your request, why do you need to keep crying? Right? No more sad. And this is before anything changed physically. This is before there was any indication of conception. Can you see how faith works? You got to believe before you feel or see. So, can you, let's back up again. Are you sad because it's bad? Or is it still bad because you're still sad? And if you had quit being sad, would it quit being bad? Is there, can you see the connection? Is there a connection here? There is. Look at it again. Verse 18. The woman went her way and did eat. Before she wasn't eating. And her countenance was no more sad. They rose up in the morning early, worshiped before the Lord, returned home. And Elkanah is so happy because he didn't have to listen to crying all the way home. <laughs> and, and the Lord remembered her and it came to pass when the time had come about after Hannah conceived she bare a son and called his name Samuel because I've asked him of the Lord friend breakthrough can happen for you today Amen. and me today if we'll quit this crying and feeling sorry for ourselves stop this murmuring and complaining and blaming because that doesn't endear the Lord. That doesn't make the Lord want to hug us. It doesn't. Because he knows what we know. He knows that we have seen him do other things. And, and he knows when you know what he can do. And he expects some courage out of us. Is that right? Be strong and of good courage, he says. Believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Said out loud, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. not a crier. <laughs> 
don't feel sorry for myself. I have reason to rejoice and be glad in the Lord, my victory. Well, our time's up again today. Come back and learn some more soon in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 